Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to the Simple Flying Podcast, where we give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Now, let's get on with the show. Coming up in today's show, a St. Patrick's Day surprise from Etihad, and Emirates suspends flights, reinstates them, only to cancel them again. I'll take a look at how to fly a lit flame halfway around the world, and we'll look at borders closing and what to do if you're stuck overseas. Finally, we'll round it off with a light-hearted story in our usual fashion. So, let us begin. So, I wanted to start with talking about um, Etihad and St. Patrick's Day, because I thought that was a nice topic, and I didn't want to start with the topic this week. So, (laughs) um, I must admit, though, because of what's going on in the world, I completely missed St. Patrick's Day. I didn't realise that... It had come and gone until I saw um, Etihad's little surprise for Dublin. And um, for those that don't know, they have a Boeing 787. Well, they've got lots of Boeing 787s that have different liveries. And um, there's a blue one for Manchester City. But I think my favorite one is the one for the aircraft that they call the Green Liner. And this is an aircraft that was announced at the Dubai Air Show and in partnership with Boeing and other partners, Etihad is testing environmental initiatives on the aircraft. And as part of its name, the Green Liner, it also has this wonderful green livery. So green is commonly associated with St. Patrick's Day. And it sure is. Somebody in the Etihad office clearly put two and two together better than I would have. Um, <laughs> and they scheduled the aircraft to fly to Dublin on St. Patrick's Day, which meant that rather than the usual Etihad aircraft, they had a green one landing, which, I mean, it's not major, but it's like these little touches that really make the world go round right now. <laughs> yeah, it gives us some light relief from uh, the topic of the day, really, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it was interesting because um, the flight itself didn't actually give anyone enough time to party there because it landed, turned around and came back. However, it did fly the rotation the next day as well. So theoretically, passengers could have flown from Abu Dhabi to Dublin on the morning of St. Patrick's Day, partied the night away in Dublin and then flown back to Abu Dhabi the next morning. (laughs) Were the bars still open then in Dublin or had they already closed them? Um, I don't know. Is it, I wouldn't. I, I think they were open, but um, don't <laughs> quote me on that. <laughs> but it's lucky that it happened when it did because it wouldn't be able to happen now. And um, I think you could tell us a bit more about that, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we've seen a number of travel bans being imposed across the world um, in response to the coronavirus. Um, one of the more interesting situations we had over the weekend was um, the problem with Emirates. And Now, Emirates is quite a unique airline in that um, it doesn't have any small aircraft. So, while we've seen other carriers kind of downsizing the aircraft on certain routes to cope with the lack in demand, Emirates doesn't really have this choice. You know, it only operates the A380 and the 777. So, you know, although it's got some smaller aircraft on order, none of them have arrived yet. Um, So it's got no option to reduce capacity without simply grounding some of these large aircraft. So on Sunday, um, they'd already issued a massive 
massive list of suspensions um, to a, a number of destinations that weren't previously suspended. And it, it's at the time, it looked like we could see the entire A380 fleet grounded. Um, some of them were already suspensions that had been put in place. Others were brand new. However, later in the afternoon, they made a subsequent announcement that all of their flights were going to be suspended from this Wednesday, 25th of March. Um, at the time, it said only Sky Cargo would continue. Uh, so obviously, to keep the goods flowing around the world, but passenger flights were going to stop. However, <laughs> yet another hour later, they made a complete backtrack due to requests from governments and customers to continue to operate some passenger flights. So at the time, it said it would maintain flights to the UK, Switzerland, Hong Kong, Thailand, Malaysia, the Philippines, Japan, Singapore, Australia, South Africa, the USA and Canada. Um, that was the latest that we had from the airline, and that was kind of quite late yesterday. However, um, this morning, we've now heard that the UAE has banned all flights, including transit passengers. So effectively, that's going to go into place from Wednesday, so less than 48 hours from now. And I must apologise if you're listening to the podcast on Thursday and thinking, gosh, this has all changed again, because <laughs> things are literally changing on a minute-to-minute basis here. Um, mm. But the latest we have is that no flights will be allowed to take off or land for a period of two weeks from Wednesday. So obviously, this is not just affecting um, Emirates, it's also Etihad, who are looking to ground their entire fleets for a period of 14 days. Mm. Um, obviously, this is a, a bit of a disaster for those airlines. Um, yeah. Previously, they were allowed to operate transit flights. So a lot of people would connect through Dubai to go on to um, other places, east or west. Uh, but now that transit is no longer in operation. So it's effectively shut those airlines down. Um, in other news from Emirates, they, they're reducing salaries by between 25 and 50 percent. And Tim Clark and Gary Chapman, who's the CEO of Donata, they're not taking any salary at all for three months. So, well, that's good. They're doing everything they can. And, you know, yeah. it's great to see airline executives leading the way and saying, look, I'll go without so that we don't have to lay off too many workers. But mm. really, this is a huge, huge blow for connectivity around the world. You know, those are, are big airlines that really you know, provide a lot of the connectivity between East and West. Yeah. Um, but uh, as I say, it's not affecting cargo flights, which is kind of essential to the world right now as we're all worried about food supplies and things like that. So yeah. not entirely a, a terrible um, situation. Well, I did see that um, on a slight side topic there, um, American Airlines has been operating its first solely cargo flights for almost 40 years, I think. Wow. Um, They've yeah. been flying to Frankfurt and I saw one take off just now. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I think they're really all pulling together and it's it's a good yeah. route for the airlines to go down to look at, you know, um, maybe even repurposing passenger planes to take cargo. I saw a great yeah. photo over the weekend of a, I think it was a China Airlines or Air China, I always get those two mixed up, um, that was flying with cargo stacked on the passenger seats. So, you know, it's it's another way for airlines to kind of maintain a little bit of revenue and obviously yeah. to keep the world supplied, which is something we desperately need right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, 
while you're talking about keeping people apart, I want to talk about <laughs> something that's bringing people together, hopefully, this summer. <laughs> and that is the Olympic flame, because I am massively getting into Olympic fever over here, hoping that it doesn't get cancelled. Um, mm. Not selfishly, like if if it gets cancelled, it gets cancelled, but sure. it would be a shame. Um it is kind and of a highlight once every four years, isn't it? So. it well, I mean, like a lot of people are like, oh, the Olympics. But I'm like, oh, the Olympics. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I think since uh, going in London eight years ago, that sort of ignited a flame in me for the Olympics. Oh, Tom, <laughs> you should work for Hallmark. <laughs> that could go on a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so... Flames and aircraft don't usually go together, as you well know. Um, but every four years, or even every two years, because of the um, Winter Olympics as well, um, the Olympic flame has to travel around the world. And I mean, for Greece to London, say, it could have perhaps gone by land because that's not a huge distance. But when you're talking about sort of like halfway around the world to Japan, there's really no practicality to it traveling via either land or sea. And that's where aircraft come in. So Japan Airlines um, this week flew to Athens to collect the flame. And I thought that was nice because it's Japan Airlines had the plane, but they also included ANA. So there were crew from ANA and oh, that's nice. um, they were included on the planning. Um, and a really geeky fact here that I absolutely love um, Tokyo last held the Olympics in 1964. So the flight from Tokyo to Athens was flight JL1964, and then the return flight was JL2020. Oh, amazing. <laughs> that was really, some um, thought went into those flight numbers, didn't it? That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's just like the Green Liner in uh, Dublin. <laughs> it's just, who thinks of these? But um, anyway, the flame was lit in Greece, and despite the worries in the world, um, it still flew on to Japan, and it's there now, and i believe the torch relay is going ahead um and i wanted to talk a bit about how you fly in a flame safely because it doesn't seem logical or safe at no. all but um yeah we'll find out i'm unsure exactly of the precautions that japan airlines used however i do know a bit about ba when they flew the torch in 2012 so they put the flame into three different miners lamps and obviously the point with the flame is that it doesn't get uh, extinguished between leaving Gre or being lit in Greece and the end of the Olympics. Um, so I think this is kind of why you've got free because it's kind of a redundancy. If there's a problem with one of the flames, uh, you can put it out and you've still got two backups. That's a good idea. Um, it would be a disaster if they got so, there and somebody accidentally snuffed it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, they end up in these little um, tin boxes um, in L London. They looked a bit like miners' lamps. And BA basically built these special flame-holding tables <laughs> and put them in seats 1A and 1B. Ooh, um, first class, nonetheless. <laughs> well, you'd think business, but if it was in Club Europe, then it wouldn't have been in 1B because that would have been blocked ah. out. <laughs> so anyway, this was an A319 that they'd given a lovely special livery to. And in seat 1C, there was a special police officer sitting who was also trained as a fire marshal. Um, but it's not just BA that's had this honour. It's um, usually every um, 
flag carrier of the nation hosting it. So in 2008, uh, China had the honors and in 2016, it was LATAM. And the flame has even flown in an Air France Concorde in December of 1991. But the thing that I thought you'd like, Joe, is that in the UK, as part of the torch relay, a Flyby Dash 8 even got to carry oh, the flame. <laughs> that really brings back memories. That must have been really cool for Flyby to have that honour. Yeah, I imagine. But um, that's kind of me all <laughs> Olympicked out now. Um, should we go back to um, terrible... Awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I get all the fun topics today. So, yeah, back to the bad news. That was a, a, an interesting no interlude. Thanks, Tom. Um, so we mentioned this morning that the United Arab Emirates is banning all travel. Um, but there's been many other locations that are banning not just arrivals, but also transit passengers from some of the world's biggest hubs. So um, earlier today, Hong Kong has announced it will ban all arrivals to the city, including, including those that wish to transit through Hong Kong International Airport. Um, so that ban is going to come into place from Wednesday, the 20th, from midnight onwards, and it's in place for a period of 14 days. So any passengers who arrive on flights to Hong Kong that are not residents are going to be barred from entry. The only exemption to that is people with the workers pass um, who also are considered to be kind of key workers. So in, in healthcare or vital services. So as well as Hong Kong and the UAE, we've also seen similar bans put in place by Taiwan and also by Singapore. Now, obviously, Singapore is a major hub, particularly for travellers from Europe getting down to Australia. But then again, Australia is not keen on having new arrivals from Europe right now. So all those all those flights are just going to stop. They're just going to have to ground fleets. Um, you know, we've seen already a massive impact on on airlines from those areas. So, for example, in Taiwan, um, we noted last week that poor old Starlux Airlines, who we were really looking forward to seeing starting operations, has completely suspended the business for now. You know, you couldn't have started an airline at a worse time, really, could you, Tom? Not really, no. I mean, I wrote that I think they might be the world's unluckiest airline. And... Um, Last year, I wrote that about Norwegian, but I think <laughs> I think Starlux has really taken the taken the, the trophy crowd. from yeah, them. Absolutely, yeah. um, you know. But other airlines are also affected. Eva Air is looking to cut its international services. China Airlines, which is based in Taiwan, is suspending all transit passengers. Um, and over in Singapore, of course, Singapore Airlines has already slashed its capacity by something ridiculous. I think it's about ninety six percent. So. Again, we, we haven't had an, an announcement since the Singapore travel bans come into place, but I would expect that Singapore Airlines will be looking to ground the majority of its flights going forward. Um, so really, you know, even in countries where there's not so much transit going on, there's some really heavy restrictions on who can and can't arrive. And one yeah. of the questions we're often being asked on Simple Flying in the comments is, what what should I do if I'm stuck abroad and my airline can't get me home anymore? What action should I take? So we did put a little guide together on the website. So please do check it out if you've uh, got a minute or if you're in that situation. Um, but in a nutshell, the advice is to talk to your airline or your travel agent 
agent. Obviously, it's quite hard to get through to airlines right now because their call centers are absolutely overloaded. So the advice from most is please don't call unless you're due to fly within the next 72 hours. So if your flight's a couple of months away, just sit on it for a while because they really can't tell you anything. Um, if you book through a travel agent, they might be able to offer advice. You can talk to your travel insurance provider as well. Um, you know, hopefully you have got travel insurance um, and they might be able to help out with some of the interim costs, such as finding accommodation in the place that you're stuck um, and maybe um, some other help just while you're really struggling. Most importantly, mm. if you're in a country where you can't get out and there are no scheduled flights, um, then you need to speak to your embassy or constant in that country uh there there are repatriation flights going on um maybe not as frequently or as uh, widespread as maybe some people would like to see but there are moves going on so make sure your nation Mm. knows that you're stuck and they they will send help tom do you want to tell us about one of these repatriation flights that happened recently yeah, so um, this was one that I actually found fascinating um, because it involves British Airways and anything involving British Airways is fascinating. <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, this was a first for the first time in 20 years, I believe, um, British Airways flew a 777 to Havana in Cuba. Cool. And the reason actually is to do with cruise ships, which is something we don't usually cover, but we did um, this time, which was interesting because I learned a lot about another industry. But basically, there was a cruise liner called the Braemar, which was uh, is owned by the company called Fred Olson. And it was predominantly filled with British tourists in it. And sort of uh, last weekend, I think, um, it was due to end its cruise in Barbados. So it turned up here and it was like, hey, we've got coronavirus, but please let us dock. And Barbados was like, no thanks. Um, Not entirely surprising. (laughs) Yeah. um, So the boat itself is actually registered in the Bahamas. Um, So good old captain thought, well, they'll have to take us because the boat's registered here. They turned up at the Bahamas and again, thank you, but no thank you. Um, So the ship was kind of just moored at sea and they were making arrangements to bring aid to it from the Bahamas without it docking. However, the UK government got involved with this repatriation and clearly had some talks with Cuba and they made arrangements for the the ship to dock in Cuba. However, you're then left with the problem of how do you get free plane loads of people from Cuba to the UK? This is where BA came in. They flew in um, three 777s in convoy to Havana and anyone who didn't have fever symptoms was allowed to jump on the planes and come back to the UK. Um, And they also operated an additional flight for anyone who may be symptomatic, um, just just in case. Um, You don't want to be put on the sick plane, do you? Uh, well, unless you're sick, I guess, but um, <laughs> you wouldn't want a sick person on the non-sick plane. So. No, no, that's very true. But it was very yeah. cool. There were some awesome images shared of the three triple sevens all lined up at the at the airport in Havana, and it's. I didn't see that one, but what I did see was um, on flight radar they were all flying on the same flight path, so cool. it was just one behind the other. Yeah, that's really cool. And you say they haven't flown a seven triple seven there for some time. Yeah, um, my understanding is that they haven't flown there for 20 years, um, at least with the 777, but I think that might be 
in total, but I couldn't verify that. Right. Oh, well, that's cool. It's great to see carriers stepping up. And we're posting lots of news on the site about various repatriation flights. You know, I think it's really encouraging that airlines are keeping some aircraft ticking over, even if they've grounded the rest of the fleet, to try and get people back where they need to be. So, um, yeah, all good news. But, Tom, if you're flying on a 777 and you get a bit bored of your view out of the window, is there something you can do about that? Um, Well, actually, (laughs) thanks to the magical superstore online, there is. They have come up with the answer to any traveller who's bored of their window. And I didn't know it was possible to get bored of a window view, but apparently you can. So they have decided that uh, what the world needs is stained glass aircraft windows. Right. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it is it is legit. And I thought maybe it was a joke, but I clicked through and I didn't click order, but <laughs> I went through the whole order process and it was a le- legit um, like PayPal type thing. Um, I bet you were so, tempted, weren't you, Tom, just for the novelty factor? <laughs> not at the prices they're selling them at. Oh. So... Um, <laughs> They have um, made stained glass windows for a range of aircraft. They're clearly not Airbus fans because um, they've only got the A330 and the A350. Um, but they also have sizes to fit the Boeing 707 to the 767 and the 787. And they've even made these for the 777X. Cool. So if you've got some flights booked in a couple of years' time, <laughs> um, now's the time to buy them. Yeah, before they go um, out of stock. <laughs> Yeah, and well, actually, some of them already are. The A330 is sold out, and they also had a multi-pack, which I think had the big Boeing one, the 787, and the A330, and that's sold out. Nice, but so they, you're fit for they, any wide body you fly on. Yeah, I guess, uh, except the 340 maybe, or the, even the 747 isn't on there. Oh. oh, sorry, yes, the 747 is on there. It's my bad. Um but yeah, but why so, would you um, want this? I don't really understand why you have to turn your airplane window into something that looks like a church. You know, I mean, are these people from the same school of thought as the very special people that think you should have your window blind closed entirely through the flight? I'm not sure, but while it looks fun, I really thought about the um, sort of would it be allowed aspect of this because obviously there's regulations on you have to have your window blind up for takeoff and landing. Um, and also it's sticking something to um, the aircraft that doesn't belong there and it doesn't leave any residue, but still. Um, you think maybe it, the I, flight attendants might give you a little sideways look if you tried to to apply that yeah. to your window. I mean, you could rip it off quicker than pulling the uh, blind down, but it's just, it does seem like a little bit of a weird grey area. And I did actually contact uh, the six big carriers about this because I was curious. And um, Delta told me that they didn't want to answer the question. Um, Southwest told me they'd look into it and never got back to me. Uh And the other three just didn't get back to me. So I guess we'll never know. I guess they've got other things on their mind at this point in time that uh, may be worth asking the question again at some point. But uh, it seems a bit frivolous and they're awful expensive. But hey, if you fancy pimping your aircraft window, then uh, clearly this is the way to go. Would you buy one? Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) honestly no I like looking at clouds I I love the view out of an airplane window and I don't see any reason at all to change it so no I won't be buying one but if you fancy it good luck to you and do have a look on the website at some of the images because they are just bonkers 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for today. I do hope you've enjoyed our podcast and we welcome any feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.